Welcome to another episode of Brood Podcast. My name's Adonis. I'm Bryce. And this is the podcast where we uh, have conversations about coffee and coffee fuels our conversation. Uh, We're back with another episode. Hopefully it's a fun one. Um, We're going to have a conversation about, you know, being home, about nostalgia, the things we miss about being home since Bryce and I uh, both moved away. Uh, So we're not at home, quote unquote, anymore. But we're going to talk about the things that we do to make our new homes feel more like home. So it's going to be a very, uh, you know, good episode. I think it'll be uh, cathartic. I think it'll help us, uh, you know, get back to our roots. And uh, hopefully it's a very, very wholesome. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Sometimes we go off the rails and we get very passionate about (laughs) things. But hopefully this episode is passionate, but only in the positive ways. Um, but as always, guys, we're going to start things off with some coffee talk. Uh, Bryce, what are you what are you drinking this morning? I am drinking a local roast from Austin, Texas. Okay. Um, it is called the Roaster is Greater Goods Coffee Company. Okay. Uh, my buddy had me buy a bag before I flew back home to Washington. It is a light roast. Uh, with flavor notes that are strawberry jam, blueberry honey, with a round finish. Um, well, like to medium roast, it's kind of right in the middle there. Okay. Um, and uh, I've had it a few times now, and I've kind of messed with the water to coffee ratio a little bit because the first couple times I made it, it just seemed. Um, it just seemed watery, which just felt like a me problem. Like my ratio just had to have been bad. Okay. Um, and so I did it a couple times, uh, and, uh, I'm actually gonna take another sip right now to see where I'm at with it. Finally, my cup today cooled off. So let's, uh, it's definitely not nearly as just a watery cup of coffee as, it was my first couple times. Okay. Uh, it's still thinner, but I, I think that's just a light roast thing. It's sure. making me aware of how little light roasts I've been trying and how I've been kind of sticking with my typical dark roast. Even my experimental flavors and things I get from Drink Trade mm-hmm. have still been dark roasts. Which, so I think I'm just attuned to the the thicker body okay. of coffee. So I think that's why I'm thinking this is watery, and it's actually not watery. My first cup I made was watery. This is not. This is I think just a regular just a light roast cup of coffee it's supposed to be a little bit thinner um and flavors are coming through it is a little flavorful i do not taste these specific flavors of strawberry jam or blueberry honey Uh, okay i don't have strawberry jam with me to have on toast or anything so uh, not able to try that Um, but it is there is some flavor to it uh it is a good it's a good cup of coffee It's, it's pretty solid um Definitely on rings of sipability. Uh, I would give it a probably a. I don't know if I'd get it on an average of a three. I'd probably give it a two point seven. Okay. I think that's that's pretty fair. Um, it's not. It's not such a great cup, um, but it, it's good. It's good enough to to get you through your morning. Fair enough. Um, and to to be good, doesn't taste bad. Certainly doesn't taste bad. Just not not quite there. Um, and as far as legit or full of shit, I'm going to go ahead and just say full of shit. Okay. Although it does have, there is a flavor profile. It's just, 
they're it's it's they're not quite there. And I think that might just be it could be a light roast thing or it could be a me brewing thing. Okay. Right now I'm gonna say it's a light roast thing since I have tried different a couple fine tuning of grind sizes and I've tried different water to coffee ratios. I'm gonna say it's the fact that it's a light roast. Mm-hmm. Um and my inexperience of drinking light roasts. But uh yeah, so overall two point seven. It's it's uh it's good enough. It's good to get you through the morning. It's definitely worth trying, I think. Okay. Um so uh, I would definitely try a different um, bean by this coffee company just to give them a shot. For sure. So. That's I mean, there's nothing wrong with a, a, a good practical cup of coffee sometimes, you mm-hmm. know. They always don't need to have all the, the bells and whistles and all the different flavor notes and things. Sometimes you just want a cup of coffee to get you through the morning, and there's nothing nothing wrong with having a, a foundational coffee like that, but... Fair enough. Um, so I am having a coffee that I got from Drink Trade uh, uh, about a week ago, um, and I've decided to do something a little bit different with my sort of coffee review um, situation that I that I've been doing in the past. I've just decided to switch it up a little bit. I had, I had brought this up uh, a while ago, and I hadn't really committed to it, but, you know, I was thinking about it the other day, and I was like, well, uh, aside from the part that I'm paying, like, you know, 15 to 16 to sometimes upwards of $20 for each of these bags, um, I, I also sort of understand and appreciate that most of these craft coffees are, these are people's, you know, this is their life work, and they put a lot of time and effort into it, so I kind of want to try to be as fair as possible in my review processes. And I realized that, you know, brewing something one time and drinking it and trying to review it, that's not very fair, you know, because there are so many different factors that can come into play that can affect a single cup of coffee. Um, So uh, from now on, I think what I'm going to really try to do is run the gambit of, of sort of all of my brewing methods uh, live with the coffee for as long as possible. Um, I've been living with this roast for about a week, so I've been able to experiment a lot with it. I've taken a lot of notes. I've, I've notated what works and what I don't think works, um, and I've uh, basically narrowed it down to what I think is the best possible way to brew this specific roast, at least for my personal taste. So I'm, I'm going to make a, a concerted effort to do that with every uh, roast that I get from here on out, just because again, you know, we may not think that anyone's listening to this, but if, you know, the roaster decides to click on our episode and listens to our review, I want them to sort of know that we've given it our best shot to, to, to appreciate their, their life's work, you know? Um, so today I'm having, uh, Sparrow's coffee. Uh, they're all seasons blend. Uh, Bryce, you actually, had a Sparrow's coffee, you know, from from way back in the day. I went back and and looked that. for it. It was episode fifteen of the podcast. It was July of last year. We had their Holmes blend. Um, so this is my second uh, roast from Sparrow's coffee that I've tried personally. Um, so they're all seasons blend. And um, first of all, I didn't realize, and I probably should have made the connection before that this is a Michigan based. <laughs> coffee roaster Ah, uh you know so it it was you know nice to have something from from back home um is their all seasons blend i'll read their description on their bag here it says uh, a honey-like sweetness with structured fruit character and creamy florality 
Florality, able to satisfy the sweetest of teeth. It's from their Harmony series, and they have a, a description of what their Harmony, Harmony series is on the bag as well. It says uh, the Harmony series feels like watching lightning bugs with your with your bay on a hammock while the sun sets. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, I mean, it sounds humid, but it, yeah. I, I still like that. <laughs> Probably very humid, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, I took a bunch of notes, like I said, while I was drinking this coffee throughout the week, and it's crazy. I, I my notes are very extensive, and I think uh, going forward, I will try to keep them a little more organized. And I'll actually I'll post them on Instagram and Facebook so you guys can see my process on how I notate and 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 uh, review these coffees, but my notes on on this specific roast are very jumbled and would probably just give you a headache so again i'll make a i'll make an effort to keep them a little more organized going forward um but uh the roast that i think is the best or the brewing method that i think that is best for this roast is i use the chemex um paper filter uh 600 grams of water to 40 grams of coffee and I did a split pour. So what that means is that when I uh, when I'm pouring my 600 grams of water into my Chemex, I do it in two different pours. So I pour 300 grams, let that filter through, and then I pour another 300 grams to to sort of fill the pot. Um, there are different sort of techniques that you can use, and that I tried, uh, but that was the one that yielded the best cup of coffee, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, so I, I feel like I can, having gone through a bunch of different methods, you know, using it in my French press, using it in my AeroPress, trying it in my drip coffee maker, uh, trying different versions of it and all of those methods, I feel like I can give an honest opinion and honest review of this coffee. So as far as rings of sippability go, um, I think it definitely is deserving of a three point, I'm going to go 3.5, uh, very good, very comfortable cup of coffee. Um, it definitely has that, that sweetness, that natural sweetness to it, not getting much of the, it says creamy florality, um, not getting much, uh, of those floral notes as, as I expect it to, uh, but that's okay with me. Um, I don't necessarily need, you know, that floral taste in my coffee, um, but I do enjoy the, the the sort of natural sweetness to it. Um, definitely has the the creaminess of like a, a chocolate. I can I can pull that out. I um, mean, it does say that it has uh, chocolate notes in here, but I feel like all coffees say that it that they have chocolate notes. Um, <laughs> but it's a very good cup of coffee. Very solid uh, cup of coffee. It's something that I think anyone could enjoy. Um, it is one of the more popular coffees on Drink Trade. Uh, it's uh, has over two million bags delivered, um, so definitely something that people gravitate towards. Uh, but and, and I can see why. It's a it's a very comfortable cup of coffee. I enjoy it. Um, and as far as the legit or full of shit goes, I, I'll go legit again because I can pull out that that honey sweetness. And I'm assuming, and I think I've talked about this before as well. But when they say honey like sweetness, I think that's just sort of uh denoting like a natural sweetness not necessarily like an added sweetness or uh uh something that tastes like something so if you if you say your coffee tastes like cherry i expect it to have 
uh, a sweetness that tastes like cherry you know yeah. honey sweetness i feel like is just more of like a natural sweetness to it and that's what i get from this coffee for sure um yeah and it's very good um definitely something that i think would pair well with like a milk or a creamer um but uh yeah overall i just really enjoy the coffee so i think a 3.5 is fair um and i feel you know guiltless <laughs> saying that that i've given this coffee you know the attention that it deserves over the last seven days so um yeah it's it's a good feeling and i feel like that's a fair rating um yeah so that's my that's my coffee review this week and again i'm going to try i tried this before in the past didn't necessarily stick with it but i'm i'm going to really try this time around to, to stick with these um with with being as thorough as possible with these coffee reviews and and giving these these roasts the the attention that they deserve. Beautiful. Yeah, so that's uh that's coffee talk. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed that, and hopefully you guys are looking forward to our coffee reviews in the future. Um, let us know what you guys have been drinking on, what you've been sipping on this week. Uh, Brewpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear hear about that, or you know, shoot us a DM on the gram or on Facebook. Any way you guys want to contact us, we would appreciate. Um. But yeah, let's uh, jump into some some conversation here before we get to our first break. So, I was uh, I've been watching a new, not a new reality show, but it started in two two thousand fifteen. It's called Alone. I was talking to you and Jen about this in our uh, in our group chat. Mm-hmm. And for anybody out there who is unfamiliar with the show, it's about a, it's a survival show. So they take ten people um, and they put them into the wilderness. And it's a pretty simple premise. You have to survive. You have to just exist off of the land. You have to live in the wild. And the last person to remain wins $500,000. You're completely alone. uh, Hence, you know, the name of the show. Um, And, uh, yeah, you're all in the same general area. But every contestant is separated by either a large body of water or a mountain so they can't they won't ever you know interact with another person um and you get 10 survival items to take with you um so you get to wear the clothes that you bring on your back and then you get 10 survival items um so that could be anything from like an axe to a machete or a uh, a tarp or whatever you want to bring with you you get 10 individual items to take with you and uh yeah that's that's pretty much the show uh and i know a lot of people right now are thinking well how do how do they get a show out of this like who's there filming and they also uh in addition to their 10 items they also get a huge uh box of camera equipment that they have to take with them um so they're filming themselves so they have you know a bunch of cameras they can set up like motion sensor cameras around their their campsites and things like that so they are completely alone um out here and uh, out there in the wilderness and uh yeah i've been binging it uh i it's on hulu and i just canceled my hulu subscription so i have about two weeks to get through seven seasons worth of tv um, oh my god <laughs> so i've been trying to, to to pound it away they're like 10 13 episode seasons depending on on um the season uh so i've been watching it it's been pretty much taking over my life for these last uh, few days and uh it's a, it's a great show uh super uh intense because it's real you know uh they in the first couple of seasons i'm on season three right now in the first couple of seasons they were in uh vancouver canada um in vancouver island and apparently it's one of the most densely populated uh cougar locations uh there's black bear uh there's wolves 
Um, so, you know, they're out there just in the elements with these predators and um, several of the people who tap out, as they call it, uh, give up. Uh, they, they quit because they have sort of encounters with these with these animals. And I totally understand, you know, hey, if I if I get charged by a black bear, I am <laughs> leaving right away. If I can survive that encounter, I'm not testing fate twice. So totally understand. Um, but yeah, that just got me thinking about just reality shows in general. Um, Bryce, I know you're not someone who enjoys watching reality TV, um, mm-hmm. but I feel like that's something that you might be interested in doing. So I was like, what would would you ever consider if you were given that opportunity to be a contestant on that game show or that that reality show? Would you ever consider being a part of it? Yeah, I'd at least consider it for sure. Because okay. um, a lot of the uh, so in the chat, you mentioned that there is like. You mentioned if you had a year to prepare. Is sure. There, is that like an actual thing that they do? Well, or is that something you just put in our yeah, chat? Because I know none of us are survivalists, but everybody Correct. in the show is supposed to be a survival expert. So they're all, they're okay. already supposed to have a background. Like a lot of them, that's literally their job is like they're wilderness teachers or they run, you know, they're they're hunters by literally by trade. Like this is what they do in their, in their regular life. But obviously, yeah. you know. It's different when you can go to work and go home afterward instead of having to just live in the wild. So I thought, you know, yeah. I thought a year for us to prepare would be fair. <laughs> you know, if we, if we could just dedicate our lives to learning survival for a year, we might be able to, you know. So let's keep that stipulation sure. on for okay. this, for the sake of this hypothetical yeah. conversation. Yeah. <laughs> and if I had a year to prepare, uh, I would definitely I would definitely do it because those are all skill sets I want to learn anyway and and own Mm -hmm. and um and so even if i only lasted a night (laughs) like let's be realistic like if i you know if i'm out there and there's like wolves and bears like growling and talking to each other like i'm probably (laughs) gonna be like all right i'm gonna piss myself and go home like (laughs) let's be real i'm not uh like this is yeah yeah (laughs) i why did i choose to be in this is a situation (laughs) i should not choose to be in (laughs) yeah yeah um but it's definitely all skill sets I think are very important um, to just to learn, even if you only learn the basics of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and those are things I don't really know a lot of. Um, even though like I travel a lot and I I do love hiking and stuff, I didn't grow up backpacking or camping for weeks at a time or doing any of that. So I don't. There's a lot of things I don't know. Pretty much almost like ninety percent of it probably. Yeah. I could set up a tent and I know how to use some tools. Sure. But, yeah. You know you need me to tie a fancy knot to get something done or you need me to build a lean to or something like yeah. I'm sure it could figure it out but i couldn't do it in 30 seconds like an expert could yeah um so it's definitely i would definitely do it okay uh, just for that just for that alone and plus i'm assuming all of that training would be tax write-off so i mean sure. i'm not even going to think about the cost of all these classes <laughs> <laughs> yeah um after the first season of the show i think they um well, they didn't mention this in the first season of the show, but in the second and third seasons, they mentioned that they've uh, basically told all the contestants to be prepared to be gone for a year. Um, obviously, like, I don't think anybody would ever last that long, but I think when I think they were just trying to say, like, it, when you're making preparations for this. So if you have kids or if you, you know, if you have a job, an actual nine to five, like, let them know yeah. that you'll be gone for a year. Um yeah, not to spoil anything, I won't say who won, but in the first season, the the winner lasted, uh, he lasted 56 days. Um, 
out in, wow. in nature yeah and it was it was intense and then it's basically just like gone up <laughs> so the number of days increases every season um because i think you know once you know what you're prepared for once you watch a season of it you know okay like this is what i'm gonna have to focus on those first 10 people were they were the real guinea pigs you know they had no idea yeah. what was gonna happen and and things like that but it's a very intense show like i I would never in a million years sign up for 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 this show. <laughs> I enjoy watching it, but I am very self-aware that I have nowhere near the survival skills to to last out in the wild. Um I would definitely uh be interested in doing a reality show though. Like I also am a huge fan of The Amazing Race. Um and uh I would I would definitely consider if I had the opportunity to 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 do The Amazing Race, I would definitely go through with that it would be an interesting um decision on who i would take with me just because you know i think that show tests the limits of friendships and relationships like you mm. when there's a million dollars on the line and your partner is is you know screwing up i think it's <laughs> it's hard to yeah. to not blame them for it but um yeah that would be a fun <laughs> one to do that would be a really cool one again i'm not a fan the main reason i don't like watching these reality shows isn't because they're not cool and like, sure. it wouldn't be cool things to do but mostly because like it's tv so they need to dramatize it yeah, absolutely entertainment value yeah. and they need to like focus on certain moments and edit sure. out other things so like i definitely get the appeal of these shows but i would love like there's a lot of things with these reality shows i'd love to like be a part of that okay would be super cool yeah so like the actual challenges and stuff. Yeah, that would be fun. exactly. Yeah. 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 And I will say that about the amazing race, at least that it's mostly that's literally all it is. Like they don't try to, you know, add in like romantic storylines or there's not a bunch of drama in um, in that show other than like Survivor or a lot of the real world challenges. They just there's like a bunch of drama that you have to get through before you get to the challenges and things like that. So mm-hmm. um, at least with The Amazing Race, it's it's like all, it's just mostly just the challenges and everything like that. Um, it makes you wonder about shows like Big Brother, where you're literally just in a house with a bunch of other people. And <laughs> Big Brother is weird because it's 24-7. So like uh, if you have like, uh, I forget what channel it's on. I think it's like CBS All Access or whatever. But if you go to their like website, they have like live feeds of of what's happening inside the Big Brother house, like literally twenty four seven, and That's it's just crazy. like I don't know what that like how how is this exciting TV? I've never understood the Big Brother draw. Like I was like, what do you? I don't care people about love watching it. people. It's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, we're we're voyeuristic by nature, I think, but that's that's taking it to a whole nother level. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a a fun conversation. Uh, if you guys out there have any game shows or reality shows that you think you would do well on or would love to be a part of, write in. Let us know. Brew podcast at gmail. Brew convos at gmail dot com. Let us know. Let us know. All right, we're gonna jump to a break. On the other side of it, we're gonna have a conversation about home, about being at home about the joys and the magic and the wonder of being home. So stick around for that, guys. We'll be right back. Yeah, be. All right. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to jump into our uh, main topic of discussion this week. Uh, Like I said at the top of the episode, this week is all about being home. 
Um, so let's spark this uh, conversation topic. Well, I talked a little bit about uh, the Sparrows Coffee being uh, a native of, of Michigan. Um, so that made me start thinking about being home because I am from Michigan originally. And then I've also talked about uh, me binging the reality competition show alone. And a lot of what they talk about on that show is missing home because obviously if you're separated from your your home and your loved ones for a very long time, that's going to start to uh, play with your emotions. So, yeah, I was just thinking I've been thinking about home a lot recently uh, between those two things, and I wanted to have a conversation about it. Um, So, yeah, I I moved away from home when I was um, 21 is when I left officially, finally. Um, it came out here to Arizona, been out here ever since with a couple of, I will not a couple. I, I moved to New York, uh, for six months when I was 24. Uh, and then I came back here, um, six months later and, uh, yeah. So Arizona pretty much has been my home for the last decade, which is crazy to think about. Um, yeah, and I've, uh, definitely, I've definitely made a home here in Arizona. It's, it's weird because I don't see Arizona as my forever home quote unquote as people like to say like i don't see me spending the rest of my life here even though i realize a lot of people do you know stay here for for their entire lives and i don't blame them for it like it's it's definitely got its its positives and and things but i just can't deal with some of the things that are here um namely the heat uh definitely something that i i don't think i can just suck up and deal with for the rest of my life um we've we've officially gotten into summer now and it literally uh pisses me off um (laughs) (laughs) like nothing nothing upsets me more than extreme heat because it's just inescapable most of the time and it just makes me angry um but that's not we're not here we're not here to be negative this week remember where this is a positive (laughs) this is a positive episode we're only going to talk about positive things um but yeah, uh, so that home for me, uh, I have several different homes. I moved around a lot when I was a kid, but uh, Michigan, uh, Detroit, that's where I'm from. And uh, that's that feels like home. Uh, I moved to Indiana when I was a, a teenager. So I uh, spent my formative years in Indiana. So Indiana feels like home too. And now I do think a part of me feels home here in Arizona. So I have multiple different homes. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's hard for me to pinpoint which one I would say is is home for real. Uh, I would say Arizona right now, because this is where the bulk of my you know relationships are. Uh, this is where uh, I feel the most comfortable at the moment. Um, so I would I would say Arizona right now, it feels like home. Um, and I think that's a big thing to say, too, because I feel like home is more of a as cheesy as this is going to sound. Home is more of a feeling than a place like, you know, I feel like it's if you can feel at home somewhere, that's much more important than being somewhere physically you know does that make sense yep yeah absolutely um what about you bryce where where would you consider to be the most that you feel like you're at home like what what seems most naturally like home to you um state wise right now um definitely washington washington definitely feels the most like home as far as um choosing a state or choosing a geographic location. Sure. Um, I definitely have many homes when we're talking about the feeling of home. Um, many friends I'm close to around the States, around around the world, and whenever I visit anyone, I just 
immediately always feel at home. I always feel welcome. Um, I easily uh, make myself feel at home. Mm. I'm a comfortable. I get comfortable pretty easy. Pretty okay. Simple. I can kind of. Um, I don't want to say chameleon my way in because that's not what it is, but it just feels like home wherever, kind of wherever I go, whenever I stay with people. And then um, currently I'm transitioning into a new home. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've been dating this girl. She has uh, a daughter and and I'm in the process of moving into her place. And it's even before it was even a conversation to move in here. Uh, just being over here at her place felt um, feels the most right now. It definitely feels the most at home. Just right away, it did. Even she had come to visit me in when I was in Montana for work for a couple days, and even just her being at the hotel with me felt more at home. So like they they mm. definitely feel the most at home for me, which is really cool. Yeah, uh, especially considering. For the first time in my life, from January this year on, I had my own place for four or five months, and that I made that home so fast. Like that felt the most at home for me. Mm. And then just to all of a sudden go back to that apartment after being um, after being over her place, and all of a sudden it just does not. It immediately didn't feel like home, and it immediately felt like I didn't belong there anymore. And that time wow. was done. Wow. Which was cra- it was crazy. It yeah. was a crazy feeling. I was not expecting that to happen. I figured, well, if I went back there, I'm probably going to be like, oh, okay, I'm getting some space. I'm getting this. I'm getting that. That's not how I felt at all, um, which is cool. It was a cool experience to kind of to feel that and know that. Yeah. So long-winded answer of what feels the <laughs> most at home right now, but that that is my answer. <laughs> yeah. Hey, no, it's a good answer for sure. And I think that that feeling, right, that you get when you walk, you walk into a place and you're like, wow. I mean, it goes both ways. When you walk into a place and you feel like, wow, this feels like home. And then you, you know, like you said, when you go back to your old home, quote unquote, mm-hmm. and you, you feel like, wow, this suddenly doesn't feel like home anymore. That's a that's a big thing. You know, that's a drastic yeah. change. And it's something that, you know, shouldn't be taken lightly. And I think uh, there's also that sense of familiarity that helps with feeling like home. And I think that's a big a big thing is that when you can start to feel comfortable when you can start to feel uh familiar with your surroundings and you're just like wow I've I've made this place my home and I and I think that there's not like a specific time that it takes to get to that point uh like when I lived in New York for for 6 months um a, a few years ago I it it did start to feel like home to me when I was just going through the same routines and things every day. And, you know, stop, I stopped feeling like a tourist in, in New York city, which was a big deal. You know, I, uh, I, I marked it as a, a win for myself when I would get tourists coming up to me, asking me questions about things because they could tell that I was a local. I was like, Oh wow, cool. I'm, I'm a, I'm a real New Yorker now. Uh, and then I told them to fuck off because you know, that's what New Yorkers do. No, just... <laughs> and that's when you knew. <laughs> no, just joking. Uh, New Yorkers are, they get a bad reputation, man. They are some of the best people in the world. Like they're, they're super helpful. I think New Yorkers are impatient with other New Yorkers when it comes to like not knowing the way things work. But as far as tourists go, like, I feel like they're, they're super nice people to people who aren't from New York. But I feel like once you become a New Yorker, there's like a, an unofficial contract that you sign that says like, Hey, I know the way of the city. 
and I, I solemnly swear to abide by the rules of the city. And <laughs> so it gets annoying when you don't, you know, when you don't walk on the yeah. right side of the of the sidewalk. Like you or, know better. Yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it takes time, but I think that time fluctuates. Obviously, I felt like home in New York after six months, um, but I feel like it took maybe a little longer for me to feel like home here in Arizona and I think a big part of that was because I was actually missing my old home uh, of Indiana at the time and missing my family and missing, you know, the friendships and things that I had built there. Uh, so I think there's a bunch of different factors that come into play when you're establishing a new home for yourself. Um, but I think uh, one of the biggest factors is, is the, the people that you surround yourself with. I, I don't know if you could feel at home somewhere without having that sort of uh i don't want to say support system but those relationships around you mm -hmm. would you agree with that or do you think you can yeah i for the most part um no i actually think i fully agree i think the okay. thing i was gonna say doesn't fully apply i was gonna say like even when i'm on my own not just like living in a physical space by myself but when i'm by myself somewhere mm-hmm generally i can feel like home but it's definitely a temporary feeling it's it's more like um i can it's more like a coping mechanism like i force myself to feel like i'm at home when i'm by myself just so i can um create those relationships so i can feel comfortable enough to talk to a stranger to create those relationships so in the end the goal is those relationships mm -hmm. no matter what it is so i i would definitely agree like that's that's a big huge what home and is a community you know yeah that's what that's absolutely kind of the goal people uh, no matter how introverted or not you are no matter whatever like there's always there's one person as it can be a community and yeah um one person in addition to yourself yeah make that addendum <laughs> yeah but uh yeah no it's it's true i mean you mentioned it earlier about sort of being a chameleon and i feel like that's something that a lot of people don't think that they have the ability to do, but I think almost everyone is capable of doing that. You know, speaking as someone who did, like I, I consider myself, and I still sometimes consider myself like an introvert. Like I definitely like my alone time. I like my space. I like to sort of just be with myself for long periods of time. Um, but I feel like, uh, you know, moving away from home at 21, moving from Indiana here to Arizona, and like I was an introverted person who had a handful of friends and my circle was small and I didn't have any interest in expanding it. And, you know, I was like, I have a, a few solid, strong relationships and I don't need a giant group of friends to hang out with. Um, I moved here to Arizona and it's like I was worried. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to, to find new relationships and new friendships and develop them like the ones that I'm leaving. Um, and I, I did, you know, I was able to do that fairly easily. You know, I was able to find people that I connected to and connected with, uh, same thing when I moved to New York, I was only there for six months, but i made some lifelong friendships while I was there. And I had the same, you know, reservations moving from Arizona to New York. I was like, I, I've built in, um, you know, cultivated strong relationships and friendships here in Arizona. I don't know if I'm going to be able to duplicate that in New York. And I was, you know, <laughs> and I, I just feel like, you know, as, as humans, we just have this sort of 
ability to 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 do that even though we don't think we're able to you know because i think you know people who are shy people who are introverted they don't feel like they can go out into the world and make new friendships and make new relationships but i think we all have that ability you know mm-hmm. yeah and sometimes if you can do it yourself it'll just happen because someone else will will notice you and notice something about you that's worth talking to sure. and worth and worth creating that bond so even if it's not something you think you can do that's fine the world will find a way <laughs> exactly to, <laughs> to create that bond for you <laughs> it's crazy because you know it's like they're almost like you're almost drawn to the people who you will connect with like no matter where you are or where you go you will somehow be able to find each other you know like people that you yep. can personally connect to and I don't know if there's any kind of like philosophical reasoning behind that, um, but it it just happens. And I think that that's a, again a big reservation. Something we talked about recently that people stay home or people avoid traveling or living other places because they don't want to feel uncomfortable. And I, I just think people just have this innate ability to find comfort wherever they go. Like you're just drawn to it. Um, you're drawn to people who will make you feel comfortable. And you're drawn to situations that will make you feel comfortable. And you're able to sort of turn these foreign, strange lands into home. You know, again, it's more of a feeling rather than a physical place. Obviously, you have to be uh, willing to open yourself up, you know, to these new experiences and things like that. Um, but I think, like you said, if, if you can't find it, it will find you in some way, shape or form, unless you're shunning it, unless you're adamantly against it, you know then that's a different yeah. story. But yeah, it's it's a very interesting concept. Um, you know, I I definitely have f friends in multiple places that I feel like I could go back home to Michigan. I could go back home to Indiana. I could go back home to New York and I would have people in places that I could go and that I would want to go to and catch up with and, and you know, reconnect with. And I never thought I would be that person, you know, but that's sort of become... Uh, 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 an internal goal of mine is to sort of build relationships with multiple people, multiple people in multiple places, just because I, I feel like relationships are a very big, important part of life. And the more of them that you have, the, the more fulfilling life that you'll have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fully agree. Fully agree. Yeah. Um, I, so I, I don't know I've talked about this before, but I was born and raised in Arizona until mm -hmm. I was 26. Um, again, comment on the heat just because you know, it's mandatory. <laughs> uh, heat was miserable. Uh, I sweat in the winters, so I had to get out. Um, moving on. <laughs> uh, so 26, I um, had the opportunity to transfer with my within my company to get up to Washington State. Mm -hmm. So did that. For a couple of years, uh, circumstances had me go back to Arizona for about a year and a half, something like that. Um, and then I was able to get back up here during the holidays last year in 2020. Um, and uh, it is just Washington. Every, every time I come back to Washington, it's immediately home. Mm. Uh, even when, even when it's, warmer uh i don't think i'm allowed to call it hot just because uh of arizona yeah. heat. you know what real even heat even though is. it is yeah. hot <laughs> um 
But yeah, so just the climate up here and um, just all the greenery um, mm. is just everything's beautiful. All of that makes me feel like home. So we recently, I recently spent some time in Spokane in the eastern half of um, of Washington, mm-hmm. which is a whole different piece of Washington. Like once you cross the mountains, the mountains basically kind of split the state up, and once you go across those mountains, you're basically in Idaho, Arizona type stuff. Okay. It's very just, it's not a desert, but it's very much a desert climate. Okay. Um, where it ranges, the, it'll drop temperature and it'll raise temperature. Um, it gets up into the mid 90s. I think it even will hit 100 pretty fairly frequently once you get to July, August. Um, it's definitely hotter and also colder over there because it'll also snow. Mm-hmm. So it kinda, you kind of get your range of seasons. Um, Completely different than the western piece of Washington where I'm at. I'm in the Tacoma area. Okay. Um, and it's pretty much a stable temperature all day throughout the year. Um, summers will pretty much be 70 for a while, then 80 for a while, then 90 for a few weeks with all the humidity. And then it'll go back down to 70s. And mm. then it's winters are basically 45 the whole winter. Okay. Um, but it, it's pretty stable. There's no like giant leaps in temperature, sure. so you can pretty much plan for your day. Um, you know, just have a rain jacket with you at all times. That's pretty much the only thing you got to have. And then, but the eastern part of Washington is definitely more. Uh, it's definitely hotter. So I was over there, and it was crazy just how different it was. And um, luckily, the days I was over there was in the high 60s, so it was nice. it was nice out while I was there. But it definitely was just dry. Yeah. Like, I didn't even think about it because I was only there for a few days. But I came back, and I noticed immediately that I just started feeling better. Like, I don't – Yeah. feel It feels weird to say I feel moisturized, but, I mean, I did, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but I didn't realize, like, how much I dried out being over there. Okay. Um, but it's, it's just crazy how different – a state can be sure. on one part versus the other part. Yeah. So like Western Washington is very much just the greenery, the home I love. Eastern part of Washington, much drier and not as great. It reminds me, doesn't remind me completely of Arizona. It is, it is nicer. There's some green, but it's definitely flat. Mm. Some hills kind of a thing going on, but it's definitely sort of like farmland territory. Okay. Um, sort of kind of sort of small rolling hills and stuff but it's all just kind of since it's summer it's a lot of dead grass but yeah no that's interesting because like we were i went to um san francisco a, a couple years ago and uh while we were there it was just you know beautiful 70s uh you know cool without being cold uh just awesome um and we were talking to one of our uber drivers while we were there and he was saying that that's pretty much what it is all year round because of the ocean like he's like you know when you're this close to the ocean like it it pretty much regulates the temperature for you um so it doesn't really ever fluctuate to any uh extreme either way it never gets super super cold but it never gets super super warm so you're always sort of in that mid 70s low 70s type mm-hmm. of temperature and he's like that's why it's so popular out here because people love to be able to just have that yep. constant weather all year round and i was like yeah this is like perfect this is perfect weather for me i would definitely move to san francisco in a heartbeat if i was a 
millionaire, but I'm not. So <laughs> you have to be a multimillionaire. I don't even think you could just be a millionaire anymore. I'm pretty sure yeah. you have to be a multimillionaire. <laughs> Cost of living out there is ridiculous. Um, yeah. But it's definitely, if I could, that would probably be where I would want to go. Um, just because I think I like it over here on the West Coast. Like I love New Orleans is probably my favorite city that I've ever visited and never been to. Just because it feels like you're in a a different country when you're there because it's so drastically different than everywhere else that I've been. Uh, like there's such a rich culture in New Orleans. Um, but uh, yeah, San Francisco would be definitely be my number one spot to live. New Orleans is probably my number one spot to, to visit for sure. But um, yeah, and it's interesting. Like there are physical things like that that can also help you with that feeling of home. You know, those mm -hmm. as much as we don't like to think that we, you know, <laughs> we we can exist anywhere. Right. But I mean, the biggest reason I don't think I can stay in Arizona for the rest of my life is because of a physical condition is because of the weather. Like if if the weather was was easier to, to deal with and cope with, I would have no problem staying here. Um but it's not. No one should have landed in Arizona. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't know who settled this place. There, yeah, right? it's like, oh, it's like, hey, that's a lot of wide open land that we can conquer and keep. Let's uh, let's do it. It's like, but the sun, yeah, yeah, we'll conquer that yeah. too. Yeah, it's like, no, get out of here. It is nice though. I guess we. I mean, you don't have to deal with any like other than the extreme heat. You don't have to deal with any other extreme yeah. weather. Like, no you, there's tornadoes, no tornadoes, no hurricanes, snowstorms, yeah. like, yeah. Haboobs. Nothing insane. That's all you have to worry yeah, about. Dust storms. Pretty much it. Yeah. And all you got to do is pull, pull off over. the road and <laughs> yeah. to wait for five minutes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I'll get that's like. That's the worst you got to do. I think it's, it's pretty okay. Yeah. I'll get people from back home like who will see like a video of a, of a haboob or a dust storm for the first time and be like, oh my God, this looks crazy. You have to deal with this. I'm like. I mean, no, it's nothing. It's just, it's literally <laughs> dust. <laughs> like, it's not going to. Deal gonna, with it's a strong yeah, phrase. <laughs> it's not going to flip over. They, they look intense when you're watching a video of a giant dust yeah. storm just rolling across an area. But, yeah, it's like it doesn't really do anything. I feel like anything. microbursts are more dangerous than a boost. Yeah. Like, because those microbursts happen sometimes around that time of year as well. For people who don't know what microbursts are, which I feel like, I feel like microbursts are pretty common mm -hmm. around the country. But they're just exactly what they sound like. A huge gust of wind, like a powerful just windstorm coming through and just picks things up and throws them. Yeah. We, when I was uh, I was living at this house, we had a trampoline in our backyard. Mm. And the microburst came through. I was like probably 14 or something. Microburst came through. The freeway was at our back. Mm. And so it picks it up. Uh, it ended up on a news channel for a few minutes. And it, it just it went around the free above the freeway, circled it. And then it landed in our front, not in our front yard, but in the street right in our front yard. Jeez. <laughs> and just the whole trampoline. And it was just like, just I remember walking home from school or coming home from school. And I was like, why? Why is a trampoline there? Who's my mom talking to? <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Why is it all busted yeah. up and bent? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you know, that that's the worst you have to deal with here in Arizona. So if you can deal with the, the extreme heat in the summers, like the 115, 120 degree temperatures, then move to Arizona. You'll probably love it. I mean, that's why so many older people live out here is because they don't have to deal with the cold ever. Um, mm. But, uh, yeah. That's our conversation on home, guys. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed that. Let us know where you're from. You know, I would love to know if we have listeners from across the country or where you're from. Where, where's home to you? 
brewcombos at gmail.com. Let us know, guys. Uh, but in the meantime, we're going to jump to another break. On the other side of it, we'll have Brewer's Choice for you guys, and we'll uh, close this week's episode out. So uh, stick around. We'll be right back. BRB. Welcome back to the show. Uh, we are going to jump into Brewer's Choice. This is our weekly recommendation segment for those of you who don't know. Uh, we're just going to recommend something to you guys that we've been sort of uh, experiencing this week, something we've been consuming this week, whether that be a uh, movie, TV show, book, or whatever. Uh, we're going to let you guys know what we've been what we've been doing, and we're going to recommend it to you. Um, Bryce, you can start us out. What are you, you going to recommend this week? Uh, so I am going to recommend uh, preventative care and listening to your body. Oh. Uh, and I bring that up because two weeks ago I threw my back oh. and had to call out of work <laughs> for a good section of time, a few weeks, uh, and which is not great. Um, and just on that... Uh, I was working like 30 days straight and about two and a half weeks in, I noticed my back starting to tighten up and I have my normal routines that usually take care of stuff and keep Mm -hmm. me loose. But, uh, wasn't enough. I decided to ignore those signs and be like, you know, I'm just going to keep going through it because I gotta, even though I didn't have to, I could have come back home if I told them, but I was like, no, let's do this. And then the three days I had off between work cycles, uh, I was grinding my coffee and my back decided to throw. Yikes. Um, Lots of pain. Sucks. Luckily, it wasn't a bone thing. It's a muscle thing. Just had to relax and keep it um, and just ice it, bring some inflammation down, take care of it. It's recovery is going fine. Just going to take a good chunk of time. But I wanted to mention that because... Even if you don't have a physically demanding job like I do, um, if you sit around a lot or just any anything that you do, uh, just listen to your body. Like if you need more water and your body's telling you to do it, but you don't have water around you and you're busy, don't be busy. Get some water. <laughs> yeah. it's, you know, take take like a minute out, get some water. Obviously, you got a call center if you had a job. My my statements are super simplistic, but you just I'm just trying to drive a point sure. home. Like just kind of. Pay attention to yourself some more so you don't uh, – things build up over time. Yeah. My injury comes from not one moment of grinding coffee. It comes from me overusing my my body and not paying attention to it, and that can happen in anything in life. So uh, just pay attention. Uh, take care of yourself. You are important. Yes. I mean, throwing your back out isn't super uncommon for a man of your age. You know, you got to – Gotta, yeah, I'm 81, so yeah, it's, you know, it's happened a few times in my life now. Figure, figure out a, a game plan for that, you know. It's going to happen yeah. more often, more frequently. <laughs> um, but that's yeah, a good recommendation. I, I definitely agree, you know, physically and mentally, you know, take care of yourself. Um, nothing is more important than your physical and mental health, so make sure you mm-hmm. are uh, taking those things seriously, for sure. Regardless of what your job may be, regardless of what you are doing, don't forget to take care of yourself. Great recommendation, Bryce. Um, I'm going to go with something a little more tangible. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, this book that I picked up. It's called Craft Coffee, a Manual. And I wish I would have had this when I was starting my uh, brewed journey. Um, but it's something that I picked up uh, from Amazon. 
Uh, it's written by Jessica Isto, and uh, it says Jessica Isto with Andreas Wilhoff, and it's uh, all about brewing a better cup of coffee at home. Um, and it's great because it's definitely something that I've been just reading because um, it, it is written in a way that you can just read it, but it also serves as like a manual, you know, so I can bookmark pages and bookmark passages and things like that that I can refer back to uh, if I'm using, um, you know, whatever brewing method I'm using because it goes in great detail about all the different brewing methods, all the different types of grinders, all the different sort of uh, the regional, the regions of that coffee comes from and what you can expect from certain different regions about all the different processes and things like that. So it's definitely a good reference as well as a good read in general. So again, I wish that I had had this uh, while I was starting my coffee journey. I think it would have helped a lot. It would have saved me a lot of time as far as like Googling different articles and trying to find things from different sources. Um, so I would definitely recommend it if you are someone who is just getting into craft coffee or if you are someone who is looking to expand your knowledge on craft coffee and, uh, you know, you want a consistent, concise, uh, a clear version of the many thousands of articles you can probably find online about these things. Um, but it's nice to just have a solid source to refer to when you have questions um, and, uh, yeah, I've been really enjoying diving into it. I think it's going to help with my more comprehensive review process that I'm trying to stick with. So, uh, I will post a link to it, uh, in the show notes. If you guys want to check it out. Um, it's a nice book too. It's a nice hardcover, uh, book that I can just keep next to my, uh, coffee equipment in the kitchen so that I can just refer to it whenever I need to. So, yeah, definitely check it out if you guys are looking to expand your knowledge on, on craft coffee. I like that. That's really cool. I'm probably going to have to look into that and pick one up for myself. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely. Um, but, yeah, that's our episode for this week, guys. Thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate it. Uh, we uh, have some major changes coming up on the podcast in the future, so we're excited to share those with you and excited to, to jump into this next chapter of Brood. Um, so if you guys have any thoughts about the show, if you guys have any critiques, anything you want to tell us, you can write into broodconvos at gmail.com. We always, uh, we're always appreciative of any feedback that you guys may have. So make sure you're writing in, um, Bryce, if they're on the social medias, where can they find us? Facebook and Instagram at brood podcast. Look us up there. Uh, and also on Discord as well, where we have some general chat rooms where we talk about pretty much anything from coffee, of course, sure. to previous episodes, topics of conversation, and even anime and movies yeah. and all sorts of stuff. So uh, head on over. You'll find the link in our Instagram and website. Awesome. Thank you guys so much again for hanging out with us. Uh, we will see you next time. Until then, my name's Adonis. Thanks, guys. Bye. As you begin to develop and expand your skills and your talents and your vision of yourself, you will always be in control of your destiny. Brood Podcast is recorded in Chandler, Arizona. Our producers are Bryce Gonzalez, Jennifer Montez, and Adonis Ship. Our intro music is Easy, produced by CJ Beats. Our outro music is Destiny, produced by James Berkeley. 
Our social media managers are Bryce Gonzalez and Jennifer Montez. Our editor is Adonis Shipp.